0: The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Jeremiah chapter 6. We're going to read verses 9 through 16. Why don't you stand with me please while I read. And you read along with me silently. Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 9 through 16. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, They shall truly glean the remnant of Israel as a vine. Turn back thine hand as a grape-gatherer into the baskets. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Behold, their ear is uncircumcised, and they cannot hearken. Behold, the word of the Lord is unto them a reproach. They have no delight in it. Therefore I am full of fury of the fury of the Lord. I am weary with holding in. I will pour it out upon the children abroad and upon the assembly of young men together. For even the husband with the wife shall be taken, the aged with him that is full of days. And their houses shall be turned unto others with their fields and wives together. For I will stretch out my hand upon the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord. For from the least of them, even unto the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone dealeth falsely. They have healed also the hurt of the daughter of my people, saying, slightly saying, peace, peace. When there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore, they shall fall among them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said. We will not walk therein. Those are some sad words we just read. God is warning these people. And they will not hearken. They will not hear. They will not walk therein. In fact Jeremiah said they could not. Let's pray. Father, as we come together today, we love you, Lord. We may not always show that we love you in our life, and that is something, Lord, that we need to correct. But we do love you. We do desire to live for you. But Lord, we must heed the warning that we find in your word. Help us today as As I preach, I pray your Holy Spirit would help me to speak only the words that you would have me speak. Bless those that are here now, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Today and next Sunday morning, I'm going to preach concerning the fear of the Lord. And there are many scriptures uh, concerning this matter of fearing God. But this morning I want to focus on one aspect of this this matter of the fear of the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 31 we read, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Yet there there are multitudes of people in this world that have absolutely no fear of the Lord whatsoever. They do not fear God. They do not even believe in God. Luke chapter 12. Jesus spoke these words, And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear. Fear him, which after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Now, Fear defined is a painful emotion or passion excited by an expectation of evil or the apprehension of impending danger. We all understand what it means to fear. Uh, some people fear different things. Some people fear spiders. How many of you in this room fear spiders? Raise your hand. Yeah, fear spiders. Some people fear snakes. Huh? You got any snake fearers here? Yeah, I got some of those. And uh, we all, but we all have things that we fear. And we need to understand that while we don't, we don't want to live our lives in, in, in dreadful fear of the Lord, we must understand the wrath, of God. Now, in the text from which I read this morning, the nation of Israel is in a very, very precarious state. Actually, the book of Jeremiah has two messages from from the Lord. The first message is in chapters 2 and the beginning of chapter 3. And you can read, those, you can read that later. But in, in that message from Jeremiah, Jeremiah is warning the people because of the the failures of their fathers. I preached a message a couple of years ago entitled, They Knew Not God. And uh, one of the reasons that the children grew to not know God was because of the failures of the fathers. And in this first message, the Lord is warning these children of Israel that your fathers have failed and you have begun to walk down the wrong paths. Down the wrong roads. And God warned them. He gave them a warning in this, in that first message. But this morning we have looked at God's second message to the nation. And this one is a message of doom. For many, many years through, across America the pulpits have been warning people. And the pulpits in America... Uh, those that are are, are are manned by godly men have been warning us that we need to turn our hearts back to God. We need to turn our ways back to the Lord. Yet America, for the last couple of decades, have ignored the preaching of the Word of God. Jeremiah cited in, his, in the passage that I just read, from the least of them, Even unto the greatest of them, they were filled with greed and avarice. And he states that both the prophets and the priests, together, are liars and cheaters among the people. This deplorable condition has evoked the pouring out of the wrath of God upon Israel. We read, or we haven't read verse 19, but in Jeremiah six nineteen, we read, Here, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. Yet despite this warning from God, the people still did not hearken or change. In Jeremiah 6:17 we read also I set watchmen over you saying hearken to the sound of the trumpet but they said we will not hearken therefore the wrath and the fury of God was poured out upon them Now we we turn the calendar forward to the year 2017 some 2,600 years later. And this morning we find America in the same condition we saw Israel in Jeremiah's day. From the least unto the greatest, men are filled with greed and avarice. I mean, from the governor to the janitor. From the CEO To the gardener, men are filled with greed today. You know it's true, amen? Many, if not most, of the pulpits in America are filled with false teachers, liars, deceivers, who seek to make merchandise of God's people. Preaching to people who have itching ears, wanting to hear smooth messages. Oh, and people will pay big bucks to hear a lie. You know that? They'll pay, they'll, they'll give all their tithes and all their offerings. They'll, they'll pay these preachers. Just keep lying to me. They'll just give their money and give their money and give their money because they don't want to face the truth. They want to be lied to. And as in Jeremiah's day, there's no shame in this. We read just a moment ago from verse 15. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall away from them that fall. At the time that I visit them, they shall be cast down saith the Lord. Did you notice the words Jeremiah chose to to speak there? They neither could they blush. He didn't say they would not blush. He said they could not blush. And that is because God had given them up to their vile imaginations and thoughts. And there was no shame in them. Listen to the words of, of John Gill concerning this verse. He says, They were men of impudent faces. They had a whore's forehead. There was not the least sign or appearance of shame in them when charged with the foulest crimes and threatened with the severest punishment. They were not moved by either. They had neither shame nor fear. They were calloused in their attitudes concerning God and his righteousness so much so that they would not accept nor follow the admonition of the Lord to avoid the judgment that awaited them. In verse 16, we read, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. This morning, across this nation, men have forsaken the truth from God's word. I'd like for you to turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 1. Let's all turn together. Romans chapter 1. And we'll begin reading at verse number 18. Beginning at verse number 18, we read, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible men, into birds, into four-footed beasts, and creeping things, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. And here we we see the foolishness of the people. God has darkened the hearts and minds of those that, that do not fear him today. The homosexuals in our society are the heroes while we are hate mongers. The abortionists well they're just enlightened while we dwell in ignorance. The the degenerates of this world ISIS and all these vile people who who have no, no respect for life or or care for people. They're all, t- w- the world preaches a message of tolerance while we are judgmental. But God declares them all to be fools. They have measured the words of God, thus saith the Lord, and have dismissed it with shameless abandon. There is no fear of God in them. They flaunt their sinfulness and challenge God to do something about it. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 1 now. Proverbs chapter 1. I know I'm asking you to turn to a lot of scriptures and I'm reading a lot of scriptures, but the truth of the matter is my words won't be meaningless to you, but the words of God impart life. So let's go together. Proverbs chapter 1. And look at verse 20. We read here, Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. She crieth in the chief place of concourse, in the openings of the gates. In the city she uttereth her word, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will you love simplicity? And the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn ye at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded. But ye have said it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof. Now look at this. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish cometh upon you. Then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsels. They despise all my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Oh yes, they will know fear. They will know terror. But alas, it will be too late for them. They will cry out for mercy, but no mercy will come. In Psalm chapter 2 we read, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder, and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Now, all of this, of course, is a very terrible fate. And it would be bad enough if it were limited to the lost and unrepentant man. However, I fear that too many of God's people have become blinded by this world. And many of God's children have lost sight of the holiness and righteousness which God demands of us. First Peter chapter 1, we read, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons, judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. In Colossians chapter 1, we read, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of fear. The forgiveness of sins, I'm sorry. Oh yes, we've become, we, God's children, God's elect saints. We've become blinded. We've we've stopped listening to the truth of God. We've stopped speaking. The three monkeys, everybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know what we're like? We're like a frog in a pot of water that is slowly heated. Now you see, if you take that frog and throw him in a hot skillet, what's he going to do? He's going to jump right out. He's not going to stick around there, right? But if you put him in a nice cool pot, and you put some nice cool water in there, and you slowly heat that water, what happens? Well, eventually the frog boils to death. Because the change was so slow, he didn't notice it. And when he realized what was happening, it was too late. You see, God's people. We began to tolerate this thing over here. We became tolerant of this one over here. And we slowly but surely became less and less shocked by what we were seeing around us. Until finally one day we wake up and find that we are living our life in the midst of a world filled with sin and evil. And in some cases, we are a part of it. You see, I've seen far too many who lack the courage to stand. I've seen far too many this morning who just don't see themselves as being in a bad place. But just as Israel and Jeremiah's day received a message of doom from God, we too in America had better open our ears and listen. I have two grandsons. And I'm very, I'm very fearful for those grandsons. I'm fearful for what this nation will be like in 20 years if the Lord tarries. And I'm afraid for those, my grandchildren that are they going to be able to find a church where the word of God is preached in boldness and truth. Now God has promised that his word will endure and he's promised that the church will stand. But oh, how difficult is it going to be to live for the Lord, the further we go down this road. So, with the, with the time I have left this morning, allow me to share the admonition of the Lord to the people in Jeremiah's day. First thing I want to say this morning is that we are to stand. In Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see. Now these are the words of the Lord to his people. He would have us judge ourselves in his wisdom and, be, and not be blindly led by the false prophets and priests. In James chapter 1 and verse 5 we read, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given to him. Remember, God has given us his Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide. In John chapter 14 and verse 26, we read, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Again, in John chapter 16 and verse 13, we read, "Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. When we come to this place of decision in our lives, we are to stop and look at the scriptures. It is they which mark the path that we should take. Too often we rely upon our own human experiences to make our decisions. Or even worse, we look to the world's counsels. We read books how to be happy, how to find joy, how to do this, how to do that. We watch TV shows of people, I'll be kind, who think they know it all. And they get on TV and they, they, give, you, they give you advice on how to do this and how to do this. And they bring people with problems in. It's just a stage show is all it is and they expose everyone to all these different things, and they offer all these good-sounding advices. But, hey, what about, what about this? Do you know everything you need concerning life is found in here? Everything. There is no question man will face where the Word of God does not give counsel. And if you need help discerning it, well... How many of you have Siri on your phone? I just discovered how to use it. It's really fun. Well, we have Siri. Uh, Holy Spirit, teach me this. How many of you believe if you pray and ask the Father, ask the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus through the Father, that he will teach you? How many of you believe that? Then live like it! Act like it. Stop living by the world's philosophies. And start living by the word of God. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Here the Lord admonishes us that we should not be fearful, nor fretful and impatient or restless, and tumultuous, but be quiet, resign to the will of God, and live with an assured expectation, of the divine providence, of the Lord, God will give us all things that we require, he will give us what he wills us to have, we just need to learn to be content, and accept what God has given us, and pray, and seek to live our lives in a way that honors the Father, and glorifies him, And everything that we say, and everything that we do, and in everything that we think. (coughs) We're so filthy in our minds. Yeah. I don't know if you came this morning expecting to hear smooth things, but smooth things don't find their way across my lips. I don't know why. We're filthy in our minds. American Christians are some of the most filthy thinking people on the face of the earth. Remember the word of God. 2 Timothy 1.7 But God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We need, we, need to, we need a fear of God today. We need to be afraid of the paths that lie before us. And when we come to decisions in our life, we need to make them in the Word of God, under the, under the wisdom of God, in the Spirit of God. A fear of God will cause us to look to Him for our wisdom and guidance. It will cause us to stand in the ways and see. <laughs> but then secondly, we're admonished to ask. Jeremiah 6.16 Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see. And ask for the old paths, where is the good way? These are the paths of righteousness and holiness. The path which Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob walked in. These are the paths of our forefathers, (coughs) the founders of the church. You see, the Lord is reminding the people that there was a better way. There was a more perfect way for them to live. Than the way that they were living. Have you ever heard people talk about the good old days? Especially if you hang around your grandparents. Oh yeah I remember the good old days. Now I must concede that. Technology has given us some pretty useful and helpful advantages. But we have paid a price for them. And most of the time. We do not even realize how much they have really cost us. The Lord stated that the old paths contain the good ways. This, of course, is the better or or the best way. It's the way of Christ. John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. It is the way of access to God the Father. Hebrews chapter 4 we read seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens Jesus the son of God let us hold fast our profession for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was as in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need the old past and we're talking here of course The spiritual old paths. We're talking about a closeness to God. A walk with God. We live such fast-paced lives today, such busy busy lives, that for the average believer, finding time to study the Bible and pray and fellowship with God is, is, is a thing of the past. Go back to those old paths. Ask for them. Ask the Lord. Give me the old paths, Lord. Give me me spiritually a heart for the old ways. And in these paths there shall be no end. Luke chapter 1, verse 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Isaiah chapter 9. Of the increase of his government... And peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I've been in the ministry for thirty-six years, almost thirty-seven years. I've I've observed the lives of a lot of people, and I've seen so many people become impatient and give up. So many people have have quit. I've had had men that have come to me and said, I want to live my entire life. Now that I'm saved, I want to live my entire life for the Lord. I want want to spend the rest of my life studying the Bible and praying and, and talking to people about Jesus. I want to spend the rest of my life doing something for God. And then they fall by the wayside. They become corrupted by the world. Their minds become corrupted. And we fail to come to God daily and say, Lord, show me thy will for my life. Teach me, Lord. Guide me. Holy Spirit, help me to, to do that which is right. Oh, my dear friends, today I... I don't know about you, I, I want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. I want to live a life that helps those around me. I want to live a life that encourages others. But I won't be able to do that unless I have a fear of the Lord. Unless I fear God and fear the wrath of God and fear the consequences of failing. But you see, the men in Jeremiah's day, they didn't care. Ah, we we we're not going to listen to you. Ah, we're not going to walk in your paths. Ah, we're not gonna we're not gonna hearken to you. And that's how men are today. And if we're not careful, if God's children are not careful, that philosophy will find its way into our heart. And though we may not say the words, by our lack of deeds, we will show it in our heart. The Lord has admonished us to stand. He's admonished us to see, to ask for the old path. where is the good way? And then lastly, number three, we are to walk. We're to walk. Jeremiah 6, 16, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old path. where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. Remember the words of the Lord. In Matthew chapter 11, He states, Come unto me, All ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And you shall find rest to your souls. I heard a saying once. Life is tough and then you die. That's a pretty sad analogy of life. However. It is true. For the man who knows not the Lord. Hebrews 9.27 And as it is appointed unto men once to die. But after this. The judgment. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 13. Good understanding giveth favor. But the way of transgressors is hard. So for unsaved men. Yeah. Life is tough. And then you die. However by our fear of God, we are led to walk in the Spirit of the Lord. Galatians chapter 5, we read, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And that word walk means to live. Live in the Spirit of God. Stand and see, said the Lord, and ask for the old path. Where is the good way? and walk therein. See what's happened in America is God's children have become so wrapped up and caught up in in society and the world that they forgot. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's golden shores. And I just can't feel at home in this world anymore. God's people are too wrapped up today. Got to have that bigger house. Well, you got a mansion in heaven. You're going to walk on streets of gold. The doorways to to, to the heavenly city are gates of pearl. The foundations are laid in all manners of precious jewels. You'll never hunger, you'll never thirst, you'll never, you'll never be cold, you'll never, you'll never be sick. You'll dwell eternally in the presence of the King before the face of the Lord. You'll be an heir of all things with Jesus Christ. Yet we have begun as God's children, we fight for the piddly little things of this world. You know... Pastor's been talking about how Solomon said vanity, vanity, all vanity. You know why? Because Solomon, Solomon, who had everything, realized none of it's worth anything. It's all vanity. It's all foolishness. Solomon came to understand. And I'm going to use this, I'm going to use a verse next week. Solomon said, fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Solomon, who had everything the heart could want, learned none of it's worth anything. The only thing that matters is God. That's it. The people of Israel in Jeremiah's Jeremiah's day had no fear of God. They did not stand in the ways of the Lord. They did not desire the spiritual paths. They would not walk in the way God commanded. Therefore, they suffered the wrath of God. Now what about you and me today? Will, be, will, will we be like they were? Will we refuse to hearken to the Lord and walk in his ways, the ways that he's commanded us? Or will we bow before him this day and repent of the thoughts and deeds of our heart and stand in the way and see and ask for the spiritual path, which wherein is the good way, and walk therein and find rest for our ourselves? Now, this is just the introduction to my message on the fear of the Lord. Next Sunday, I'm going to to speak about practical aspects of how we fear God in our lives. So, if you want to hear that, you've got to come back next week. But today, I want to ask you to, to do this. I want to ask you to look at your own heart. I want you to ask yourself this question. Do I really fear God? Do I live my life as if I fear the Lord? Are my thoughts, are my words, are my deeds such that prove that I fear the Lord? Only you can answer that question. But you must answer it one day before the Lord when you stand at his throne. Let's pray. Father, I do pray that you would help each of us here today to, to take the time to look into our hearts and examine and see, Lord, that whether or not we, we live our lives in such a way that we demonstrate a fear of you. Help us, Lord, to be an example before those around us. Help us to be an example for our children, for our families, for our friends, for our co-workers, for the strangers we meet on the street. Help us, Lord, to have a holy and righteous fear of you. Thank you for all that are here today. I pray that this message would benefit us and help us And we just ask you to use it in our lives. And we thank you for all these things. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronit Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronit Park, California,